1: All right. So, um, Mariano, it was game for us to kind of get on and figure out what we're going to do. So, uh, let's figure that out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> first, Mariano, uh, let me thank you very much for coming. Um, I've been a fan of your work for a long time. And, uh, uh, don't tell me
2: that, man. It's such an honor to be here.
1: Oh, no. I mean, this is your work. And it's so, there's so much expression in it, too, right? And I remember um, there were several times your work came up while I worked at Pixelogic. So... This is really cool. No, this is
2: awesome.
1: So, why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about what you do?
2: Now. Uh, like, are you well, in, so,
1: a, in a job so right now? I'm, um, yeah.
2: yeah. Right now, I'm a, a freelancer character artist. Uh, so, I've been working uh, a lot for for the toys industry and uh, some cinematic stuff. A little bit of games. Yeah. Uh, a few months ago, I was uh, still at Rockstar. I was working as a character artist there uh, for uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah. It's probably coming out sometime this year cool and uh yeah that's it that's great
1: so um right now you're freelance right yeah okay and uh what does that look like does that is that something where you have to go down and find a bunch of um uh clients or do the clients come to you how's that work for you
2: um well I, I was a freelancer before i came to canada Okay. So before, before I joined Rockstar, I was freelancing for about three years. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I had a few uh, pretty steady clients already. Got it. And uh, after I left Rockstar, I kind of picked up the same clients. Okay. So uh, I don't know, the work kind of just happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain.
1: Yeah, I got I, it. I'm so not, it's, you're just working, you're, you're just there at your computer and thankfully, the emails keep coming in, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I kind of keep always producing something, mm-hmm. like as a, as a personal work. Yeah. So I'm always uh, doing some stuff and posting on the internet, uh, social media, and all that. Yeah. So, like every every now and then, the clients just keep emailing me. Yeah. Some new clients, some some of the same clients. It's always it's always kind of different.
1: Yeah. Can you check out the um, the orangutan? picture can you just open that in your screen yeah
2: of course yeah this is the was the last one i did
1: yeah yeah i was noticing that it's just so beautiful so um what kind of work are they are you getting hired to do are, are you doing it on the um digital sculpting side or is it characters that they're asking you to complete what kind of projects are you working on
2: yeah so mostly now i'm working on toys okay um uh mostly with mcfarlane toys okay so the, the majority of work i do is, is sculpting characters in zbrush today hmm, which okay. is the most fun i can have actually yeah i understand so that. I, yeah and then on the side i always like to keep things uh, different mm-hmm. so when i'm uh, doing a lot of uh, right now i'm doing a lot of sculpture uh, sculpture yeah so I, I try to go to rendering and now i'm trying to learn fur. V-Ray, so always keep the keep things different from like personal and professional work.
1: No, I got that. So mostly toys. Do you have some of the toy work yeah. on your uh, on your art station?
2: Uh, yeah, I do. I have some. Let's take a look at that stuff I did way. last year. I think. I'm oh,
1: sorry. Just so we have some context.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, so these are some uh, some of the toys I did last year mm-hmm. in uh, two thousand sixteen. Oh yeah, Beautiful. Um, What's, a involved of in... from Typo, uh,
1: What's involved in this? Are you using ZBrush? Are you using Maya?
2: Uh, Designer. It's, I would say it's like 80% ZBrush. And then every now and then I use Marvelous and uh, Max for some uh, 3DS Max for yeah. some X-Stories or hard surface stuff. Yeah, but the main the main part of the work is ZBrush.
1: That's great. And are you working in pose? Do you do mesh? How do you segue uh, this?
2: It kind of depends, actually. Uh, these these ones from uh, Titanfall, I got the the game model to work on. Okay, awesome. So the game model is pretty low res. You have no details there, and they are on T-pose. Oh, okay. So I was just uh, detailing everything on T, uh, in T pose and yeah. then posing as the client preferred, and then going from there. But okay. some of the work I just started on the pose, like Negan uh, here, it was T pose and then I did a couple of poses. Mm-hmm. Here, I, I guess it depends if it's an actual action figure or if if it's a statue. You know? Okay. This one. Most of the work is, is like for action figures. Okay. So they are mostly on t And then when it's statues, then you go f- to a f- fully-posed model, mm-hmm. like these ones. Yeah, and I have a bunch of new stuff that haven't come, came out yet okay. that I can't show. Yeah, But this is most of stuff I did last year. All right. Great. Okay. So there's a lot of
1: freelance work that you're doing here. Are you in games doing freelance characters much or are you just loving, Um, uh, loving the toy industry?
2: Yeah. Right now, since I left Rockstar, I haven't done any, any freelance for games, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's just because I'm not really doing game stuff for a personal portfolio. So I think that doesn't attract this kind of client. Yeah. Got it. And as I'm doing a lot of, uh, just sculpture work. I think it attracts more toy industry-related work, you know, like these sculptures. Yep. It kind of brings the client that it's, it's the focus, you know. But so far, I'm loving the the toys industry. I think it's it's a little bit more relaxed. I don't yeah. know if that's the word, but it's, it's I don't want to say easier, but it's more relaxed, you know. They have usually more time to work on figures. Uh, you have, the art direction is a bit more, I don't know, it's, it's more relaxed to work on. It's way less stress.
1: Okay, I get that. Uh, so how long do you usually have to be working? Like are you working on these projects for a week or three weeks or three days?
2: I think it varies a lot. There are some projects that would take like a week, mm-hmm. uh, some would take a month. I have worked on projects that took like three months with a lot of back and forth between the the art director yeah. So I guess it varies a lot, but I would say like three weeks is the average.
1: Oh wow. Okay. So like one of either both of these on average about three weeks to get these things done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Both of those were about three, two weeks.
1: And does that involve cutting it up for 3D printing or any of that stuff, or is your deliverable just the the file?
2: Yeah. With, with McFarland Toys, I deliver just the model. I okay. don't do the cuts.
1: Okay. But some other companies, you may have to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it varies from, from company to company.
1: Right. and It makes sense. And and I'm sure uh, mcfarland has got a pretty strong 3D print pipeline. So they don't, they got somebody. Yeah, probably.
2: They're pretty old in the industry, so they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Makes <laughs> sense. Uh, all right. So
1: um, how long have you been freelancing?
2: Um, well, I left Rockstar was April last year. So mm. like less than a month for now, uh, less than a year for now.
1: Yeah. Was it a good leave? You know, you were just ready to do your own thing?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't a fight or or an argument or anything like that. It was just, like, I I was there for two years working on the game. And um, I just felt that it wasn't, not that it wasn't for me anymore, but it was just like a a life, kind of a life decision, you know, to balance life and work a little bit better for me. Totally. And uh, I'm kind of... In that weird phase of life, trying to work a little bit less, do more personal work, uh, spending more time with family, with friends, and uh, so that's why I decided to to become a freelance again. Okay. I think it's 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 a better life uh, style for me now.
1: Mm, makes sense. Um, and let's take a look at that uh, ringeting then again. Then let's yeah, dive into this for a second. And uh, and I want to just understand like what you look for in your personal work. Like what makes you uh, excited.
2: Uh, what do you mean? You mean like for inspiration?
1: Yeah. Like what What brought you to this this character, this project?
2: Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I get inspiration from a lot of different stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess monkeys in general, like apes, uh, chimps, you can see the other projects I, I've done as yeah. a personal project as well as the chimps. So I kind of love uh, animals and nature and all that. And, uh, I'm not sure if I saw something like an orangutan some somewhere that just inspired me. But one day I just started to sculpt something and at the end of the day it was an orangutan. And I thought like, okay, I'm gonna go from there, take this time and try to learn how to do proper fur, try to do like a realistic render, and and the thing kind of evolved by itself. It's kind of it's kind of weird, but that's happening a lot on my personal work lately. Mm-hmm. I kind of just start with a rough, like a raw inspiration from something. And then the piece just evolves by itself. You know?
1: Got it. Uh, so what, ha- did, do you have some process pictures on this one?
2: Yeah. So I have my work in progress images here. Let's see. So this, I think this was the fu- first render. Damn. Um, you can see everything's pretty rough, but this sculpture is kind of there. Mm-hmm. Like, af- after that, I, I came back to ZBrush a lot of times. Yeah. to just refine what I needed uh, yeah. based on the render. Mm-hmm. But that was, I think it was the first render test and then doing some lighting tests, adding detail on the sculpture, and then the an early ridiculous fur test. <laughs> What'd you use for fur? Uh, this one was Renatrix. Okay. And uh, yeah, this is something a little bit better with more layers of fur. Mm-hmm. It was a, a pretty big learning curve for, for me
0: yeah, I think this was the
2: heaviest uh, fur uh, model I ever done. So it was a pretty cool project for me to learn. That's cool. And then it, it's it kind of it was kind of frustrating because as I'm I'm not much of a fur guy. Every time I did something different, I kind of lost the the grooming. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my god, I have to do everything again. So I did and redid this fur twenty times.
1: Oh man, that <laughs> was
2: kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, and lots of tests. I see.
2: Yeah, lots of tests. And my PC is not the best PC right now. Yeah. So the, the first kind of takes quite a while to render.
1: Yeah, I get that. That is pretty awesome though. What's it rendered in?
2: It's uh, V-ray.
1: V-Ray. All right, okay. Yeah, nice V-ray. V-Ray it is.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's a pretty fun project. Cool. And uh, the feedback so far has been great. Oh,
1: that's good. Let's take a look at your uh, the the chimpanzee one. That one, I remember seeing that um, at ZBC. That was just so awesome.
2: It's so crazy to be talking to you. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm kind of a fanboy here. <laughs> I don't want to be, but I kind of am right now. So it's kind of crazy because I remember watching one of your videos about anatomy like six, seven years ago. And that just makes me go nuts.
1: Man. Oh, well. I saw this and I was like, oh my God, I am so jealous of this piece. Oh, it's oh. like Mariano just killed it with this. So much dynamic wow. energy, so much story. Nice. You know, it's just so awesome uh, to be able to chat and talk about your process. Because this is, you know, how, how long did it take to make this piece?
2: Uh, this, I think I was working on this for about a month.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But again, it was completely... like Again, the, the piece just evolved, you know? I started with the, the center guy, yep. like this chimp here. Yep. And then I thought, like, what am I going to do with him? And then I, I thought about him striking another one. Yep. So I made the, the second one. yeah. And then I wanted to keep making more chimps because I was kind of addicted to chimps at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so my sketchbook was full of chimp yeah. pages everywhere. And then I went to the zoo and I was drawing the chimps there. And I was kind of addicted to chimps for a few months. Uh, so I just draw a lot too. doing that. Uh, I don't draw as much as I would like. Yeah. I know it's a dirty excuse, but I'm try. I'm trying to maintain my sketchbook right, right in front of me all, all the day, mm. like every day. So every single moment I have, I just go down to the sketchbook and, and just sketch something out.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, this is so beautiful. So yeah, much. So study it was having. about a
2: month, yeah, and then the the whole thing just started to happen.
1: I love the angle of the baby, you know, and that. Yeah, that, baby's going
2: crazy. Yeah. yeah,
1: and how those feet just make this beautiful line that goes right down to the to that guy on the right
2: yeah yeah it's kind of off the flow of the the piece right
1: yeah yeah it's just awesome so when you start these you have no real idea where it's going you're just playing
2: no absolutely not i was just doing this guy and then this guy and then it went from there and i did i think it was seven mm-hmm. yeah i think it was seven or
1: eight great yeah, really? it, was, it was super fun too Let's pop into your art station, and then we um, got a couple more things. Though so I think I, I'm still trying to talk you into a class. I'm not sure. If I've talked about? Yeah. That. I <laughs> so,
2: we talked yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so talk to me about your learning process. Like, what did it? How how you go about the process of learning this stuff?
2: Um, I don't know. I think it, it, it kind of just happened. Everything in my life kind of just happens. It's not really. Uh, I, I'm not really super organized with stuff. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just goes by itself, like like I was saying, I saw one of your videos uh, at the time, it was like six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. and I just went crazy about anatomy.
1: Mm, awesome. And
2: let me show you here some silly stuff I did at the time. Yeah. Like, I remember as soon as I finished the video, I started sculpting, I had a bunch of uh, anatomy books, and uh, everything, like looking now, everything looks weird for me, mm-hmm. but it was a great learning process, and a lot of it was based. On stuff that you said, so that's why it's so crazy for me to be talking to you.
1: That's awesome.
2: A lot of stuff is wrong and proportions are weird, but it was a great way to learn. Wow! I was just going crazy about the names. I remember seeing you talking, like saying all the names of the stuff. I was like, oh my god, this guy really knows what he's saying. Yeah, it's crazy. And then I started to go into that, and it was a really good push for me to start studying, studying, going deep into anatomy. And I think this is it's like a a major turning point for
1: me. That's great. Yeah. I think the words are one of those things that's like the words block us because they're kind of annoying and, you know, you have to memorize and learn, but then once you learn some of the words, it's like, that's a key, you know, it's just, it just locks into your memory in a different way.
2: Exactly. And I remember you saying like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the real name. You can just invent name to the stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as soon as you give the, the, the muscle a, a name, it, it starts to exist. Like if it doesn't have a name, it kind of doesn't exist in your head. Yeah. I was like, yep. oh, that's, that makes so much sense.
1: Uh, that's. And nice. then I started
2: to just do like sketching. I love to do like really low res stuff. Uh-huh. So I did a bunch of studies. Uh, I had a, a digital sculpture class in Brazil mm-hmm. that I, I really used to take the time there to study and do sketches and study the basics. Yeah, it's something that after you're in the industry, you kind of don't have time to study the basics anymore. Right. So for me, teaching was was really important because I had to teach the basics and I had to go through the basics every week with the students. Mm-hmm. So that helped me a lot to like a lot of anatomy sketches and yeah. CV stuff, going through the photos, trying right. to see what's happening there.
1: Yeah, nice. This is all the anatomy work you're doing? Yeah, this
2: is all the anatomy stuff I did like seven years ago mm-hmm. after I saw one of your videos. That's awesome. Yeah, so very old stuff.
1: <laughs> that is cool. So, anatomy has been an important part for you. And, uh, yeah, I, learning I, I think that.
2: for me, yeah, anatomy is like the key point. Okay.
1: But now you've been able to simplify anatomy and and keep the essence in the gesture. Like, if you're looking at those three character sculpts, um, that are next to the uh, chimpanzee, like you, the Daredevil the, or, the, yeah, like we were looking at Fisk yeah. the Daredevil, mm-hmm. you know, this almost has a Lucchese kind of feel, like a Bruno Lucchese feel, you know, yeah. in terms of how the clothing's done and, you know, all of that so when you're working now you know how, how important is anatomy in your process
2: I think it's still super important I think it's the, the thing that I give the most attention to mm-hmm. so far and uh, even even when I'm doing like a, a character that is full of clothes and yep. you can barely see the body I yeah. still do the whole body and the anatomy uh, for practice and for uh, uh, simulate or sculpt the clothes yeah on top of the body so I always kind of try to do the the basic anatomy.
1: Got it. So this yeah. guy's got his anatomy down underneath those pants and all that. It does, it does, yeah. Yeah, and are you using Marvelous Designer or are you just sculpting that straight?
2: Uh, on this one, I think I use Marvelous for the coat. Okay. And then I sculpt the pants. And everything
1: else. All right. Uh when you and you twitched this, you said, right? A few live sessions.
2: Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think this one I did on the on a live session on Twitch.
1: Okay. So how much time do you think you spend in Marvelous? Um, because I know Marvelous is some sometimes you can get lost in
2: Marvelous. Oh you Um, can. Yeah. Marvelous is just you can go really crazy on it yeah but i I try to keep it simple Uh i I know a lot of artists um like both uh, inside the the work like as a professional and as a, a personal work i know a lot of guys that spend a lot of time on marvelous and try to do like seam lines and really complex shapes and folds and and all that and i i try to keep it simple i just try to keep the basic pattern and and just simulate the drapery and then bring it to ZBrush and, and detail as I need. So I think for this guy, it was one live session, like two hours, two hours of live session.
1: For the coach or for the character?
2: No, for the whole character. And then I think it was another live session of two hours where I did uh, Daredevil. And-
1: okay, awesome. Man, that is really good. So that's going to be something that we have to watch, that's for sure. So anatomy is still key, um, but you yeah. also use the software like Marvelous Designer to get things um, working for you. Uh, yeah. Then what do you just bring it back into ZBrush and DynaMesh it and give it some thickness?
2: Yeah, Exactly. It's just because it's, it's so much faster, right? I, I still love to do, like to sculpt uh, clothes yeah. and, and, and outfit in general. Mm-hmm. But it's so much faster to use Marvelous once you, you get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. It's really so much faster. You can do a full outfit in a day where you would just uh, sculpt like a pair of pants mm-hmm. and, and barely, you know. So it really speeds up the process a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love Marvelous Designer. It's really important for us in the boot camp um, because yeah. you know you have to have something like that for for characters for games. You know, you absolutely digital sculpting's uh, not going to work at the end of the day all the way through. Um, no, it these, does. It is very hard to
2: compete with Marvelous. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, huge. Um, what are these little tidbits? Like you got these little um, artifacts. On the uh, those things yeah exactly
2: yeah. it's it's like a uh, insert clay brush uh-huh. yeah just to to like kind of add this this visual of a clay sculpture
1: i love that yeah that is great yeah.
2: it's something that I, I i don't know i love traditional art I, I never really uh spent a lot of time doing traditional sculpture but i love this uh, sketchy feeling you know something that I was just sketched really fast and uh, I always try to simulate that on my personal work. Mm-hmm. So that, as you can see, in most of my stuff actually, like this guys too, same thing. I use the same brush with that insert, insert clay that I made mm-hmm. just to give this, feeling of yeah totally or weird. clay pieces
1: you know
0: yeah yeah who's uh, what sculptors do you do you follow uh,
2: oh my god I follow so so many guys yeah. um like I love old stuff the the, the masters mm-hmm. so a lot of uh, Rodin uh, Michelangelo uh, da Vinci um, I don't know so many guys and then like from the the, the current art scenario I love uh, Simon Lee's a huge influence.
1: Yeah, Simon um, Lee is uh, I took yeah,
2: Simon Lee is just a monster. Yeah. Uh, Gio McPhew is another guy that's a huge uh, influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love uh, Carlos Suante's stuff. He's not an actual sculptor, but his stuff is. Has a lot of influence, influence on my work. Yeah. Um, Have you ever heard of this
1: guy? Um, I'm gonna murder his name. He's French, but the Christophe Charbonnel. Uh,
2: well, I'm the not sure. If I, if I see his work, I'm probably gonna recognize
1: yeah. it. I was thinking about um, your insert mesh brush. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. This guy's amazing.
1: Yeah, love his stuff.
2: I love his stuff. Yeah, and those pieces are so big. <laughs> yeah, you can see. I know. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the feeling I love. You know? Like Richard McDonald's stuff, mm-hmm. where you can really see the, the, the marks of the tools. Yeah, I love that. In, in, normally, in digital are people try to just hide those things. Yeah. And I do the exact opposite. That's all. Try to open something here.
1: Oh yeah, that'd be great. Danny is asking, uh, do you usually sculpt from a base mesh or completely from scratch?
2: Um, I guess it depends a lot. Like when I'm doing personal stuff, I don't follow any rule and I'm not in a rush. So I try to just take my time. And uh, I think the purpose of having a base mesh is saving time. Uh, and so I'm, when I'm doing personal stuff, I'm, I kind of run from that. So I think this one I started from from a sphere and then just match and pushed all the forms. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it goes from there. And it, it, it depends. I, I love doing some exercises of trying to sculpt anything from anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if it's the right way to explain. Uh, but I, I love to do those kind of exercises, you know, get some primitives. Like one day I was doing a live session on on the Pixlogic channel, yeah, and I started a butt from this. Nice. So it is for me. It's a really cool exercise to train your eyes. You know. So when I'm I'm doing personal stuff and, and fun stuff for myself. I try to make it as difficult as possible for me. Okay. Just to, to keep like pushing and, and getting faster into find the form.
1: Okay. Um, so oh, all right, so that makes good. sense. Torture yourself a little bit. You like the yeah, challenge?
2: Oh yeah. I like the challenge totally.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, so I think it was this guy I sculpted, I sculpted from from that primitive. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so it was like a two hour live session?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: On the Twitch, yeah, and I don't know. For me, it's so fun, and I also don't don't use symmetry, mm-hmm. so I try to make it as hard as possible. Use almost no Ctrl Z, uh, try not to save so much, because mm-hmm. it kind of feels like cheating a little bit sometimes. Yeah, you know. And uh, let me show you that brush, it's this one. So it, it's just a simple uh, multi-mesh insert, mm-hmm. uh, insert multi-mesh brush. Yeah, you just click and drag. It's gonna give you those. Uh, little pieces it makes it random oh Uh, the orientation
1: is randomized
2: yeah the orientation and the the mesh selection okay got it so every time i click it selects a different Mm, piece here
1: nice that's handled in the brush settings right
2: yeah exactly so it kind of kind of keeps it different all the time Uh it gives you that kind of crazy clay feel
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i forgot all about that setting that's really cool yeah
2: so sometimes i use that to block out hair like do some quick blocking here Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I feel so, so much like an artist doing this. <laughs> mm. I
1: don't
2: know. It kind of goes back to traditional art a little bit.
1: Totally. Yeah, no, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah and it, it reads.
2: gives you some crazy... Yeah, it reads so cool. <laughs> That's neat. And then you can just uh, dynamash it if yeah. you want.
1: Oh, there you go. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, that looks like fun. I love this yeah, material then, too.
2: Yeah, material. I think it's a, I think it's a standard material with less uh, specular. Mm-hmm. Just have less influence of of specular. And then I think this piece, I was, I, I just sent to key shot, and then added added uh, like a clay bump mm-hmm. to have this uh, little information like fingerprints. And oh yeah, no, bumps. I've I've done that. That's fun. <laughs> That's awesome. And That kind of completes. Like everything together, kind of completes the, the clay feeling.
1: Yeah. Uh, how long did you spend on this piece? Did we? Did I ask that already?
2: Yeah. It, yeah. It was a, about a
1: month. A month. Okay. Got it. Yeah. All right. Now let's look at the what I think like just the coup de grâce of uh, sculpting. Here is that last piece that you did. that's the second from the uh, left. This yeah. One? Yep.
2: Uh, yeah. Man,
1: that's just. Awesome! Well,
2: Thanks, so. Means a lot. Do you have yeah, this that, model that. in three D? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'd love to see this.
2: That's another one that was so fun to work on.
1: I love the attention to detail. Like the toes are doing something. The hands are always at you know a particular um, angle.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was very like a very organic mm-hmm. for me. It was like a very organic process. I kind of just started with this guy. Cause I went to—I don't know if you know—the band is Apocalyptica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know them. Yeah, it's a band. It's like four four guys playing uh, Metallica on nice. cellos. Yeah. So I went to a concert of those guys, and it was so amazing and inspiring. That I came home, I just wanted to sculpt a guy playing cello. Mm-hmm. And then when I started this guy and. I I was testing a lot of poses, again, with no rush, no, no timeline to kind of follow. Yeah. So I was just trying different poses, uh, different anatomy, pushing, pushing the silhouette, the flow. And, uh, and then I went to Montreal with my wife and I spent a week there off ZBrush, Mm -hmm. like doing nothing, just sketching on my sketchbook. And uh, I just wanted to do something more complex on the piece. So I wanted to add a girl behind the guy singing. And then I don't know why, what I saw that just inspired me to do a tentacle. Mm -hmm. And then from the tentacle, I thought like, what if the girl is part of the tentacle? Mm. (laughs) The thing just evolved, you know? I was kind of afraid of being too crazy. Like every couple of hours, I would just call my wife and say, "Like, am I going too far with this?" It's <laughs> awesome. still okay. And she was like, "Oh my god, what is smoking? It's so <laughs> it's going too far. It's crazy." <laughs> and I, I just keep adding stuff, and then I wanted to do kind of a Medusa feeling, yeah, and it was a great, cracking thing with nature kind of a, a message behind the sculpture mm-hmm. like the guy playing with nature but nature behind of him in control of the situation it was the whole deep thinking that i think it, it went just way too deep
1: mm, man but it got you results I'm, at the end of the day right
2: yeah i, I think it was i don't know I, i'm really proud of this of this piece not because of the quality the quality, but because of the process as a whole, you know. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to just let the thing evolve by itself and just keep trying new stuff. I try a bunch of different poses, yeah, of, of different compositions. And so I find this one and I thought, okay, that's
1: it. That is something else. And so talk to me about process because you work in, um, like it's not all one piece, right? you got multiple pieces. She's a piece that's kind of pushed together. And um, So is there something, like why don't you just dynamesh it? Are you trying to save um, polygon count?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think if I I just, if I had done this as a single piece, it would be crazy heavy to have all the detail I needed. Yeah. So I kind of separated, separated everything, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, I think the separation of the objects reflects a lot on, on the, the process, the process itself. Like I started with this guy. So this guy is one thing, mm-hmm. uh, this thing is another thing. And then the idea of the girl. So the girl is another thing. And then the tentacle. I think the, the idea of the tentacle came before the girl, actually. So it was something like that. Okay. On the, on the beginning.
1: Oh, right. It was just you so you're just going from idea to idea, and, and each one of these sub-tools is almost like it's its own idea. Exactly,
2: exactly. That's
1: wow. It. That's awesome. So,
2: uh, I, I don't know how to explain a lot, especially in English. It's hard for me because it's not my first
1: language. Uh, yeah, you're doing fine. <laughs> so
2: yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty uh, each, each suto is is pretty much its own idea. So then the base involves this kind of wave, and then the girl behind it, mm-hmm. and then the hair mm-hmm. in different sub-tools. So in the end. It's, this whole this whole thing.
1: Yeah, it's gorgeous. All right, let me get some questions from you guys. Uh, Andrew had a question. Uh, Andrew was saying, do you, do you do the Marvelous Designer in pose or um, simulate it? Like, how, how does it work if it's in a pose?
2: Um, this is, it works the same way. It, it depends. When I'm doing toys and or like game characters mm-hmm. or cinematic characters, yeah. I, I usually work in t Okay, So then I, I simulate the, the clothes uh, on T-pose. Mm -hmm. When I'm doing uh, sculptures like like that guy from Daredevil or this Chinese guy, I just did the whole body, the anatomy and everything, and brought that to Marvelous and simulate the pattern on top of the pose already. Okay. And then on this one, I also simulate a wind coming from from like here, Mm -hmm. so you can see the clothes just following some kind of interference from the wind. Okay. Same thing with the other piece. like you can see, the Wii in simulation. Yep. It's also in pose. The pose on this one is pretty simple, but still pose.
1: Yeah. Was the um, uh, did you sculpt the uh, what did they call it the belt the the yeah it was called the belt on the guy or did you marvelous that too on this one? Yeah.
2: On the the big guy. Yeah. Uh, the big guy. I think the belt is just I I, I did the coat and then I did uh, a a on the coats. yeah. So the belt. Yeah. And then I just kinda of follow the forms. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But again it, it depends from projects to project. Like this one I did I did everything in marvelous mm-hmm. and it was in T like this. Yep. And <laughs> that's the ridiculous sketch. From the start. awesome man so awesome to
1: see this all right let's head back to your art station and i got a couple more questions and um uh then i think like what would be a good thing um to kind of demonstrate or to get a sense i mean i think we've all had a really awesome uh walk through this mm-hmm. uh isaac is asking what are some of the benefits of being a freelancer instead of being part of a studio
2: um well, i guess the benefits like are are kind of i wouldn't say they are they're obvious but it's it's like you can do your own schedule Mm -hmm. so you do your own time you can work two hours in the morning two hours uh, on the afternoon and then do five hours at night when everyone is sleeping so that's pretty much what I do Uh, but you can work like eight hours like if you would be on a studio and then don't work anymore so hours are really flexible you can just stop working Whenever you feel like, right? That can be a uh, that could, that could be something bad as well. It depends on on you actually. Mm-hmm. So it could be bad because you just lose focus. You know, you can just not work. It's just way more fun to go and watch Netflix all day or play video games, and then you wouldn't work. So you you gotta keep in check with that. And uh, I don't know. So flexibility and. Uh, I think that life and work balance that I was talking about on yeah. the beginning. I think that's the biggest the biggest thing for me, mm-hmm. where you can really control a little bit more what happens in your day. You can just travel more, you can do more stuff with your family, you can adapt your schedule. Like if you have kids, like I don't have kids yet. Mm-hmm. But if you have kids, you can uh, stay with your kids during the day and then work at night when everyone's sleeping. Yeah. Uh, and if you're at a studio, you obviously can't do that. You have to stay in the studio the whole day, and then you come home and everyone is tired. It's kind of it's kind of that balance that is the best point for me.
1: Mm, that's great. Uh, David's asking: uh, Did you learn more working for a company or being on your own? Uh,
2: that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I think. it's... I think it's kind of the same, actually. It depends on your mindset. You know, you you can't be in a company and not work and not uh, learn as much, Mm -hmm. and you can't be at home and also not learn as much. I think it depends on your mindset. Uh, I try to keep uh, learning and I have a lot of that uh, imposter syndrome mm-hmm. so I keep always looking at our station and I keep thinking like if I don't do anything this week uh, next week I won't remember how to sculpt I won't be a good artist anymore so I am full of those crazy thoughts so I always try to keep uh, doing stuff and, and pushing myself even when I'm at stu- at a studio work yeah so uh, my time at all the studios I, I went through was really productive my first studio was uh, Techno image in Brazil uh, I spent two years there uh, working with uh, some big names like uh, Pedro Conti uh, Tiago Hoizo um, so they they teached me a lot I learned a lot from them and then I went to another studio working with animation and I learned a lot there also and then I went freelancing in Brazil, I started uh, working for toys and cinematics, so I learned a lot there, too. And at Rockstar, was another super huge learning curve uh, on the game design standpoint. Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of trying to push more my personal work so uh, you can learn everywhere it depends on you
1: basically uh, Jane is asking uh, how do you know how to price your work when clients approach you and you know obviously you're at a um, you've been working with clients for a while so you've established that and, and everything's mm-hmm. good but really like if somebody is beginning um, and they're getting some like clients are coming to them saying something you know like I mm-hmm. like your work can you do this what advice can you give people for how to price that
2: um, I think you can especially today it's it's so easy to just reach out to other artists you know just go to facebook and and go to someone that you admire or that uh, is working in the industry and just ask them you can always ask them is the most easy way to kind of have a a initial base to price something. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it varies a lot. Even for me, it's still, like I have my clients uh, that we have some kind of uh, accord. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the word, but. Yeah, agreements uh, so or accordance. Agreement, yeah, we have, we have agreements. Uh, but every now and then, I'm, I'm always uh, talking to my friends from the industry and, and seeing if um, uh, my price is too cheap or is too high. So I'm I'm trying to always keep with, with the other guys, and of course you you have to compare yourself as well. Yeah. So if you ask someone like if you ask Simon Lee how much he charges he, he charges for a sculpture, of course you're not gonna charge the same because you're not Simon Lee, right? Right. But at least that's the way I think. So you kind of have a base there. Like, I'm kind of half of Simon Lee, so I can charge half, maybe a little bit more, uh, and then you you talk to more people and you see if that's kind of realistic or not.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: it kind of goes from there. Got it.
1: That makes sense. All right. So um, if somebody, so it depends on the project. Uh, is it? Uh, do you recommend they take like hours and they project how much it works, or do you prefer to work with flat fees?
2: Um, yeah. I, again, I, I guess it depends. You can work like I us- I usually work with a, a daily rate mm-hmm. or a per project rate okay great yes yeah. so, but but even on a per project date um, uh, rate i i kind of think about how many days it would take for mm-hmm. me to do something yeah and then i have my my daily rates and i just multiply that Got so kind of uh, just think about a daily rate uh think about the salary you you once or you have in the end of the month and try to see how much you you'd make a day and go from there
1: and don't forget to, <coughs> don't forget to add taxes and if you're in a, the u.s add, <laughs> uh, add self-employment tax yeah
2: yeah totally
1: yeah uh, all right well that makes a lot of sense actually day rate i think is a really interesting point too because then you can always you, you can give half it like you can just say hey if you only need me for four hours that's that not that any model takes four hours mm-hmm. like my totally, videographer totally. gives me a day rate and we decide if It's a half a day or a full day, and that just Mm -hmm. makes life easier. So if it goes over half a day, yeah, I have to pay more. But you know, when I need him to work like a a long, long ass day, it's still just a full day rate, Mm
2: -hmm. and and it kind of avoids uh, problems down the road. Like if, if you do so, if you work a month in a model and then suddenly the client just wants to change everything, mm-hmm. they have to pay to keep paying, you know, yep. in order for you to keep working and, and changing stuff. If you're working in a per project rate, it kind of, it's, it's, it gets kind of loose. So the client kind of feel that he can just change everything and the price is going to be the same. Mm-hmm so a daily raise kind of avoids that.
1: That's awesome. Alright my friend well I don't want to take up too much of your time um, so I guess the any more questions guys shout them out but otherwise what I'd really love is um, just for what um, you've you've been through this you, and you've achieved I mean I understand the imposter syndrome I understand it very very well <laughs> yeah. uh, but you have achieved you know what most of us would consider success
2: uh, that's, that's, you,
1: you've that's worked in the game industry you you're a Freelancer, you're doing your own work and you're getting clients. So, uh, what kind of uh, what what do you think helped you get here? Like, if you were to say, what are the I don't know if it's the habits or the way that you think about things that really helped you throughout your career?
2: Um, uh, let me think. I don't know. I, I just. I remember when I started on the industry, mm-hmm. like when I started discovering the CGI world, mm-hmm. and when I discovered ZBrush, I was so in love with this that I couldn't even sleep. Like, literally, I would just sleep as late as possible and wake up as soon as possible to just mm-hmm. keep sculpting. Yeah. So I think that, and, and I still feel that. Like yesterday, I went to uh, to the movies to watch uh, Shape of Water. Uh, and yeah, it was so I haven't seen inspiring. So it was so mind blowing that I came home and I was sculpting until three in the morning just because I just love to do this. So I think if you want to succeed working in with art, you gotta love it because it's a lot of time that you have to put into it. And if you don't love it, you're just gonna be miserable. Mm. So I think that's that's one of the key things for me. I just like doing, I would do it for free. And that's my mindset. And I, I also don't rush. I don't rush things. I think the work kind of speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. So when I started and like throughout my career, I saw a lot of people that started on the industry kind of late, Mm -hmm. like not really late, but like 25, 30 years old, and they already had bills to pay. So they are, they were really rushing things, trying to like, oh, I, I really need a job. I need to get good by the end of the year. Yeah. I need to uh, produce 10 pieces to have a solid portfolio in six months. And that simply doesn't happen. Right. So I, I always try to tell, tell people to not rush things. When your work get matures enough, the clients will come. And I really believe in that.
1: That's a good point. That's great. I love that. So make sure that you love it and don't yeah, rush. So, you think those are... Yeah, don't rush. Yeah, that's great.
2: Yeah, especially especially today with the internet, you barely have to go after clients anymore. You just keep posting your stuff. And, and when your work gets good, good enough for someone, a client will come. And there's clients for everyone. There are clients... That don't have money and they want to pay $300 for a character, and they're not going to pay Simon Lee to do a character for them. They're going to pay a guy that is on the beginning of his career right so you always have clients so as, as soon as your work gets mature enough the clients will come no matter what level awesome
1: all right my friend well thank you so much for taking the time out and for sharing your work and your process and um, and I'll, I'll hit you up about that class later on today oh, that's awesome
2: <laughs> thank you so much for the invitation it was really surreal for me to be here talking to you yeah. it was really fun
1: yeah no it's great I love to see this work man and I tell you um, just the the way in which you know you think about this and you approach this stuff from like a relaxed perspective and you let it just happen and I mean it's almost like you trust your process. Yeah that's a hard thing for us to do so it's really inspiring to see somebody who trusts you know that it's gonna happen.
2: Totally, totally and I and also I spent so much time in ZBrush that I completely merged with the software, <laughs> so I, I don't even think about the the two anymore. Yeah. I spent like twelve hours a day on ZBrush for ten years now, mm. so I'm kind of one with the thing. Yeah,
1: that just awesome. happens. All right, man. Well, take care of yourself, and I will. Uh, I'll send shoot you off an email later on, and um, stay in touch. And, Absolutely,
2: uh, take it easy, man. Thanks everyone for for being here.
1: Yeah. All right, my friends, have an awesome day, and Mariana, thank you again, my friend. Take care of yourself. Cheers, man. Take it easy. All right, cheers, guys